0: to the Brain for Business podcast with me, Lawrence Nell, where we take the lessons from evidence-based academic research, most particularly involving the brain and behavioral sciences, and translate them in a way that is accessible for leaders and organizations. As always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, or else we look forward to your feedback and comments by email to laurie at brainforbusiness.ie. I am delighted to welcome to today's show Dr. Zorna Ivchevich pringle Dr. Zorna Ivchevich pringle is a senior research scientist at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. Zorna studies the role of emotion and emotional intelligence in creativity and well-being, as well as how to use the arts and art-related institutions to promote emotion and creativity skills. Zorana has published her research in journals such as Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin, Journal of Personality, Applied Cognitive Psychology, Creativity Research Journal, Journal of Creative Behaviour, and others. Her work has also been featured in Harvard Business Review, Artnet, US News, Education Week, Science Daily, El País, and others. And she is a regular contributor to Psychology Today and Creativity Post. Zorana, welcome to Brain for Business.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Let's start with, I guess, one of those big conundrums of of life. What is creativity?
1: That is a great question. And oftentimes people say, well, we cannot really define creativity, but it turns out we can. Um, So creativity is something that is in the same time original and in some way useful appropriate um, or uh, solves a problem. And I have used on purpose the word something uh, that is somewhat vague. Well, it's completely vague uh, because I want to take us away from um from just a very narrow approach to creativity. So uh, that something can be an idea, that something can be a design, it can be a product, it can be a performance, it can be a process. Uh, So all of those things uh, can uh, can meet the criteria for creativity, which is being original and being in some way useful or appropriate.
0: Why then, and and maybe you you answered it in that final comment there? Original, useful, appropriate, but why then is creativity important?
1: Ah, creativity is important for lots of different things. Uh, so we can it, we can go through long list. Creativity is important because it's the basis of making things that are new that are. Uh, creating something that is, um, that did not exist before, something that is solving new problems, it is addressing issues that we have, Um, so it is important, obviously, for those reasons of something happening, but it turns out creativity is also important for ways that are, for things that are not as obvious um so it turns out that creativity is really helpful for um psychological well-being and for uh health and that seems counterintuitive because there is a stereotype or myth about creativity being associated with Uh, mental illness or or symptoms of psychological problems. Uh, But it turns out uh, different ways of thinking around personal problems, around work problems can contribute to greater satisfaction at work, greater satisfaction at life uh, in general and solving problems that otherwise would seem to well, be a great source of stress and problems in
0: life. When you talk about creativity in terms of solving problems, and particularly you said in terms of, you know, a great stress in in life, does that then suggest that creativity is not just about artistic endeavors or the so-called creative industries, but actually is something much more tangible and maybe even mundane that we can all engage with?
1: we can certainly all engage in it. And uh, it is a great myth that we equate the idea of creativity with just artistic endeavors. And indeed, oftentimes when I speak to audiences, um, people say, oh, uh, I am not creative. And oftentimes add because I cannot draw well, or because I am not very artistic. Sure, you're not artistic. That does not mean you're not creative. Uh, There are different ways of being creative. Um, In creativity studies, we talk about domains of creativity. So those are different, uh, different areas of life. Uh, where people can show their creativity and essentially any area of life and any area of endeavor can have uh, creativity shown. So we can be creative in our everyday lives, in solving everyday problems. Um, uh, I, I remember in personal life situations of how are we going to range summer travel when we have 15 kinds of constraints on it and really stopping for a second and saying, hey, let's approach this in a creative way. Because when you say that to yourself, you can start thinking in new ways. You are giving yourself a permission to think in ways that are not obvious, that are not going to say, well, this is not solvable. We cannot do something. You're opening up. And uh, we can be creative in the arts for sure, but also in design, in uh, creating new products, in uh, creating new processes at work. To give you an example, um, I have um, worked with um, a number of hospitals uh, and oftentimes we think, well, hospitals, they are not the most creative environment. Uh, they have lots of rules and procedures and checklists. and for a good reason, we know that that patient outcomes are better when those exist. And I'm not questioning any of that. Um, but uh, I have seen one of the most inspiring examples of creativity uh, in an area work in a in a unit uh, in a department that you would think, Well, this is not a place for creativity at all. Um, Word creative does not get attached to it. It was um, food services department in a large academic hospital. Well, now you might think what can be creative there? Well, what happened there is that uh, the manager of this unit noticed that his workers were getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated, they were getting dissatisfied, they were complaining about aches and pains, and he did not tell them, well, just get along with the program uh, or tell them, go learn new ways of managing stress, (laughs) which sometimes happens. but he he was observing, he was observing what was happening. And in um, the uh, emotion science, we call this using emotions as uh, a tool in thinking. Emotions become a source of information that tell us what could be wrong, that give us clues and he was, really pinpointing what was frustrating to workers. And he found that the way they had to uh, lean and reach, uh, to put food on the trays for for patients and make sure that uh, that the orders were correct um, was very inconvenient. They had to lean, they had to reach, they had to um, they had to go different ways. And he completely ended up redesigning the process. That was certainly creative. It was not a creative industry. It was not artistic. And I'm sure he does not think of himself as artistic. But it created something new, something original, and very much something that addressed a, a urgent problem.
0: Uh, absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned there the role of emotion. Because it might be easy to to look at that uh, scenario you described and see it as something very logical and rational, uh, maybe from a a Taylorist time and motion study kind of perspective. But you're suggesting actually that emotion was the key impetus perhaps or the key driver of a creative solution.
1: Yes, uh, it is a key driver if... We notice it. So emotions in in affective science, in the science of emotions, um, emotions are defined as information. And that sounds that sounds strange. What does that actually mean? Um, but they're giving us clues about what is going on with ourselves. How are we experiencing our environment? And it's giving us clues about what is going on around us. And if we pay attention to those clues, we can use them to identify problems uh, and we can use them as guides in how to solve those problems.
0: It makes a lot of sense when you put it that way. And the, the, the thought... Of- and I don't know if this is a contrasting perspective or maybe fits with what you're saying uh, about emotion, would link to what the neuroscientist Stuart Feistein argues in terms of failure, that failure, at least he argues in terms of science and possibly the arts, is the root cause of all creativity because it pushes you to figure that something isn't quite right and we need to come up with a different answer. Would you see those as, separate phenomena or would you see them as interacting?
1: I think those are very much interacting and that is a great example. So failure uh, certainly creates emotions. Indeed. Emotions of frustration, disappointment, uh, sadness, and they can be very complex emotions. Uh, And um, we cannot ignore them, Uh, but it is, a question how we are going to react to them. Uh, So we can react to them in different ways. We can react to them by trying to push them away, uh, or we can react to them by being reflective about them and trying to understand what is happening. What are the sources of these feelings? um, And uh, what is, what are the next steps based on these sources? Uh, and that can be very much inspirational. In science, uh, lots of research is based on finding discrepancies, finding gaps, finding something that doesn't quite fit. Um, the same thing with entrepreneurs. Uh, they are finding something that is frustrating in the way how the world functions. (laughs) Uh, I love the story of how Instacart uh, shopping application was founded. Um, The founder really hated everything about the grocery shopping experience. And he goes on about details of what he hated, the lighting and the lines and the placement of articles, and it goes on. And he ended up out of this frustration and, and, and discomfort with the process saying, it can be done in a different way. And I am going to be the one to do it in a different way.
0: When you bring in that example of Instacard, clearly we can see that in terms of entrepreneurial activity and how entrepreneurs might approach things. But it also strikes me that it's, a great example of innovation. So how then does creativity perhaps differ or maybe not differ from innovation?
1: I love that question because I, I have somewhat of an unconventional answer to that. Um, and uh, uh, in, in organizational behavior studies, uh, people are oftentimes making a distinction between creativity as the process of um, thinking and coming up with ideas that are original and appropriate or useful. Um, and then innovation being an implementation and building of, of those ideas. I do not find that distinction very useful uh, personally. Uh, And the the reason is that it only works in the context, or at least it seems to me that it only works in the context of um, organizational behavior, while it doesn't work in other domains uh, where creativity can be be expressed. to take that example of a stereotypical area of creativity that is the arts, um, we do not talk about Monet or Van Gogh um, being, uh, doing innovation. Uh, We talk about them as being creative and creating. And I think that creativity is really the process from uh, starting with, even contemplating and deciding to engage uh, with uh, thinking and uh, finding problems, identifying them, and um, then building them. Because when you think about it, uh, there are lots of people who have ideas but never do anything with them. Uh, Is that uh, creative? Maybe that is something like having creative potential, uh, but creativity that results in something tangible, something that has an effect on uh, our lives and the lives of others around us really requires building and implementing something. So that distinction between creativity and innovation seems forced and unhelpful to me personally.
0: Well, If we can maybe go back to your artistic example there, Van Gogh, Monet, Picasso, Dali, whoever you might think of, isn't there even in that context, a distinction between them being creative in terms of creating their piece of art versus possibly being innovative in terms of the underlying techniques that they might use either to portray certain things. So I'm thinking here, for example, about Picasso and his use of you know, different perspectives on the head to show different views, or maybe even different techniques in terms of the physical creation of a, an artistic product.
1: That distinction could be made. Um, certainly, although not all artists are creating or or initiating uh, new techniques or new uh, new styles in art. So it wouldn't come it wouldn't apply very broadly in my opinion. It is certainly a very interesting idea to play with in, in terms of uh, do we need these terms or is it more useful to have one term that uh, that describes the whole process? And of course, there isn't a correct answer to that question. I tend to think that it's more useful to think of creativity as a very complex process that goes from before even thinking of deciding, making a decision to engage, to implementation and to selling, presenting, pitching uh, something because that draws our attention to different drivers of creativity of that process. It draws our attention to uh, both individual things such as some traits or skills or ways of thinking that are helpful, but also to the fact that there are a lot of social influences that are essential to making it all work going from that decision to to thinking through choosing ideas and through building them and then making them part of our lives.
0: If we think about that social aspect that you mentioned there, why would you feel that say creativity is important at an organizational level or not not so much why, but, but how is it important? Uh, in an organizational context, perhaps?
1: It is important because it it builds. Creativity, creating, building, they are almost synonymous, and uh, organizations do that. They build, they create something new that is of value. So in that sense, why it is important becomes sort of obvious. The the question that then uh, becomes more intriguing in a sense is how to make it happen. Uh, And there in the organizational context, creativity is really the most interesting in a way because it's more, most complex. Uh, I'm showing myself as a scientist here, we really like, Having complicated problems uh, to work on. And I think that um, the problem of creativity in organizations is the most complex problem to work on because it happens on multiple levels. So when we are talking about creativity in organizations, we are talking about an individual, somebody who is uh, engaging in the process, coming up with ideas selecting ideas, and building something. But we are also talking about interactions of these individuals. We are talking about interactions one-on-one with other co-workers, different people at the time. We are talking about interactions with a special kind of relationship with a manager and leader. So those are interpersonal um interpersonal relationships but we then talk about also level of teams where individual is embedded in a group and then it is not just an individual and what they are doing but also how multiple people are working together in a team and functioning as a unit and then we have larger units beyond teams that are, you know, larger uh, departments or organizations as a whole. And that becomes the most interesting thing on how we can make creativity happen at all those levels.
0: You we were talking earlier on about emotion, and I can only assume that when you look at creativity in an organizational context whether it is as you said an individual team or group or more at a macro level emotion perhaps becomes even sharper and even more important
1: it does and the the fascinating thing about emotions is emotion contagion i love that term because it's very evocative and now that we have lived through a pandemic it's even more evocative yet because we can viscerally feel what it means. Uh, Emotions spread and emotions spread not not just willingly when a leader in particular, because they have influence of larger groups of people are inspiring others. That is a great example of, of spreading emotions purposefully and willingly, but emotions also spread when we do not necessarily want them to spread. Um, They spread because uh, we are trying to suppress them. There is um, a rather outdated idea about nature of professionalism that is way back dating to Weber uh, and the idea of professionalism being devoid of emotion, being something that, okay, now you are entering the building and you are leaving the emotions at the doorstep. It turns out that might sound plausible, that might sound attractive to some, but it's not possible. We are he- full humans and we have our emotions and we cannot we cannot sever them when entering a building. And if we try to suppress them, there is something that happens and it's called in emotion science, leakage. <laughs> Another very evocative term. They seep through. We are trying to push them back Uh, but we cannot be fully successful at it. So a more effective way of dealing with emotions is acknowledging them and acknowledging that we have them and that they are important at work and that uh, it is not what we are feeling uh, exactly that is most influential at work, but how we use those feelings and how we manage those feelings at work.
0: As you were talking there, particularly about the emotional contagion aspect and that idea, that misconception, if you will, of, of leaders leaving emotions at the door, and I guess everyone else supposedly leaving emotions at the door, the the, the link that came to mind, rightly or wrongly, was to the, the work by Kristen Neff and others on Um, self-compassion and that that ability to actually be to be kind to yourself and as part of that sort of recognizing your own emotions and your own emotional and affective state does that I guess link to what you're saying and and, and obviously therefore link to to creativity
1: yes it does Uh, it it is um, it is really uh, helpful to think of how we are dealing with emotions there there was this experiment that I found very clever and very changing perspective where uh, people were asked to uh, consider emotionally difficult situations, such as situations of anger or situations of frustration. And then how they were asked how they would uh, react themselves Uh, what they would say to themselves in these uh, difficult situations, and then they were asked to imagine the same situation, but uh, what they would say to someone else. And what we see when we do, when we ask a question like that, is that we tend to say to ourselves things that are not very kind. Oftentimes, Uh, we blame ourselves, we say, of course, you didn't make it, you uh, made a mistake yet again. And uh, we do not tend to say those things to somebody else. Uh, We tend to show more compassion to others, we tend to show more understanding to others, and more empathy. So it is helpful to take our own advice that we would give others and apply it to ourselves too.
0: Are there nonetheless instances you can think of where leaders and, and managers within organizations actually might not want creativity? Does that ever arise? Or maybe to go back to your hospital example, even in the most unlikely, supposedly, of places, creativity should be encouraged?
1: I think that creativity should be encouraged, but also that we encourage, that we acknowledge that it is not always appropriate. So you would not want a pilot to, on the fly, invent a new way of flying a plane. <laughs> and you would not want your surgeon to come up with a new procedure there on the spot when they feel inspired in the moment. Certainly innovations and new ways of doing something happen in a lot of these areas, but they need to happen in a particular way. So um, surgical innovation, should happen in a way that is controlled and that is tested and only then implemented. So there are are constraints and it is a skill, it is um, a skill of knowing and telling the difference when creativity is appropriate and when it is not appropriate, considering what you are doing and considering uh, what the problems are at hand. Creativity is difficult. Uh, It takes energy. It takes time. It takes great effort. It is very uncertain. There is no set of steps we can follow because by definition, we are doing something original. So we are doing something that hasn't been done before. And therefore, there is no roadmap. It, we are entering a maze and we can find our way through the maze, uh, but oftentimes there are even multiple ways, but it is certainly a challenge. So if a problem can be solved in ways that already exist in and satisfactorily be solved in ways that already exist, it's going to take less effort. It's going to take less energy. It's going to take less money to do so. And by all means, let's do it that way. Uh, But oftentimes we are facing situations that do require some new perspectives. And that's when creativity is called.
0: As we're finishing up, if people wanted to find out more about your research, are there any particular places that they could go?
1: I would direct people to my website. And uh, also, I am on Twitter, LinkedIn, and I write regularly, translating this research uh, for accessible to make it accessible at Psychology Today and Creativity Post.
0: Hey, that sounds great, and I will make sure to put some links in the show notes. Dr. Zorna Ivchevich Pringle of uh, Yale, thank you very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you.
1: Thank you very much for having me.